Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. The book of Proverbs is a wonderful collection of gems of wisdom concerning nearly every aspect of human life. As such, people from many persuasions appreciate Proverbs and often quote these nuggets of wisdom. While we're thankful for such a book in the Bible, it also presents a dilemma, and that is that an ethical person, even one who has no personal knowledge or experience of our dear Savior Jesus, can apply these moral precepts to build himself up and enhance his fallen human life. Well, we may say that society would surely benefit if all men practiced these principles and employed the wisdom expressed in Proverbs. Yet God's goal of bringing us, his children, not into an improved condition, but into a new creation, would be no closer to reality. While we extol God for the wisdom of his word, our real need is not self-improvement but rather that we put off our old man and put on the new man. Matt Miller has joined us as we come back to our typical format. And I say that, Matt, for those who were with us in our previous program, and the one of three uh, of these special programs presenting the precepts uh, of the book of Proverbs arranged categorically, uh, which I really enjoyed yesterday's program, and I'm looking forward to our next one, which will come back to that same uh, format and take the next group of uh, Proverbs. But... Uh, we can't lose sight of this uh, overriding, overarching burden that Witness Lee had in this life study, can we? We can't, Chris. Otherwise, we become exactly what he's talking about. We shouldn't be. Is someone in the old creation trying to do something in the new creation? The verses that we're going to see today talk very clearly about putting off the old man and putting on the new man. And and I especially like a verse in Ephesians 6 because I think that frames the whole program today. Is It talks about receiving the word of God by means of all prayer. How do you receive the Proverbs? You know, right. uh, one of the categories that Witness Lee talked about was a category of the worthy woman versus the yeah, foolish woman. That was very good. And, uh, you know, there's lots of verses that talk about a foolish woman and a worthy woman and how the worthy one is a crown to her husband. And the foolish woman will dry her husband's bones. If you're a woman and you're hearing that, or even if you're a man hearing that, do you then try to find a worthy woman or do you try to become a worthy woman in your natural strength? Well, you can't do that. We have to learn how to pray. We have to come to the Word of God to pray and put off the old man with all its efforts for self-improvement and contact the Lord. And by contacting the Lord and contacting the Spirit by means of all prayer, then we become people in the new creation, living according to the new man. 
Yeah, you know, a couple of programs back, uh, we touched this matter of the kind of person that we need to be when we touch the Word of God. And what we get from the Word very much is determined by what kind of person. And really, that phrase, what kind of person we are, is not really referring to our personality type or even our skills that we've acquired. It's really referring to whether or not we become beings, persons, in spirit, in the new creation. That's the kind of person who needs to touch the Word every time, isn't it? It is, Chris. And in, in, in the program you're referring to, a witness lead gave an example of how he comes to the Word. Right. And he said that, you know, he, in just a few minutes of prayer, then the whole Bible opens up to him and everything in Proverbs, and it becomes a book of life and it becomes gems and he can hardly get away from the Bible because it's so enlivening and so inspiring and he's getting light. It creates a different kind of person than if you just come to the Bible without prayer. Right. And then it's just a mental study, and it doesn't involve the Lord. It doesn't involve the Spirit if you're only coming in a mental way. Yeah, and I think that is the overriding point. We can touch the Bible like we touch any great book in history, any great book in literature, any great book of instruction. And unbelieving professors are doing that in universities all over the world today. I remember as an unbeliever college student studying in a literature class, the book of Job. This was in a secular state university. And and I know in many uh, universities they study books like Proverbs and Job, these great books of uh, wisdom. But we need to be not that that way when we come to the Word. Of course, we, we should study the Word in all manners, in all ways, but the essence of our being must be to contact God and not just touch, as Paul describes in Second Corinthians, we'll get to that verse later on today, not to touch just the dead letter, and the Bible can even be that to us, can't it, if we don't touch it in a proper way? Absolutely, Chris. It can be deadening. It can be the dead letter. And, uh, and one other striking verse is in uh, Timothy 3.16 when Paul said, All Scripture is God-breathed. Yeah. Some versions say is given by inspiration of God. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the Scripture is a breathing out of God. So if we come to the Scripture, we need to breathe. And spiritual breathing is prayer. And if we're not breathing, it just becomes dead letter to us. Well, Matt, we've been uh, trying to get this point across. I think we've got uh, <laughs> a master who's going to make this same point now in this next portion. Why don't we join him in two verses that he used and then to set up this first point are in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be in Ephesians a lot today. Uh, verse 22 says, That you put off as regards your former manner of life the old man which is being corrupted according to the lusts of the deceit. And verse 24 and put on the new man, which was created according to God in righteousness and holiness of the reality. All right, here's Witness Lee. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 and 24, tell us clearly that the believers in Christ have two men. Each one of us has two men. Why is the old man? And the other is the new man. The old man is of Adam through our natural birth. We were born our father and mother, then we become Adam, the old man. But the new man is of Christ, not by natural birth, but by regeneration. A new birth. We were born of Christ. So today, we are Christ, a new man. I know, you all know this, but let me tell you the fact is this. 
according to my observation, very few believers, even lovers of Christ, do live a life all the time putting off the old man and putting on the new man. In our daily life, we live a life, actually, an ethical life. In our daily life, spontaneously, we only take care of what is right, what is wrong. Anything right, we do it. Anything wrong, we don't do it. Even love, that is according to the old dispensation, not according to God's New Testament economy, not according to new creation. You may love your wife to the third heavens, but altogether not of the new creation. Over 3,000 sitting here, who is living a life day after day in everything, not according to right or wrong, ethically, but according to the new man, through the putting off of the old man. Who lives such a life? Wow, man, that's quite a question to end this section on who lives such a life. I dare not answer in the affirmative for myself, but only to say that I aspire to that kind of life. But this is a radically different approach than most people are bringing to the Bible, isn't it? Well, not only the Bible, Chris, but this is the life study of Proverbs. We just heard Witness Lee speak a whole section in an introduction to the life study of Proverbs, and there wasn't one reference even to Proverbs. (laughs) But the question is asked, who is living according to the new man in Ephesians chapter 4? And he's saying this among us. I mean, we're not condemning anyone. We're pointing the finger firstly to say, are we living according to the new man? I think even Witness Lee's prayer, Lord, today I didn't live by the new man. Right. Maybe we didn't hear on that on the program, but you know, this is the feeling that's conveyed. There's no haughtiness here because we all fail when it comes to this. We all don't live all the time according to the new man. But it's helpful to me, Chris, to have this vision so clearly portrayed in the life study of Proverbs, which emphasizes so much precepts. And we got into those precepts in our last program. We're going to get more into the next one. So there is the, the two sides of it. But you can't just get into the precepts without being in the new man. Ephesians 4 is really the word to help the Christians understand how to take the book of Proverbs. Really so, because as he pointed out, I think it's just worth repeating. You know, that's our our way here. Oftentimes we tell people what Witness Lee is going to say. We let him say it, and then we come back and tell people what he said. And I think there's no better time to follow that pattern than right now. The problem is you can come to a book like Proverbs and just approach it so much in the old man. And and that means approach it so much in the realm of right and wrong or good and evil. And as Ron Kangas pointed out a couple of days ago, that's really the principle of the tree of knowledge of good and evil right there in Genesis chapter 2. But what God was presenting to man then, what God was presenting to us today, what he was presenting even is the Proverbs were being Um, you know, uttered according to the divine inspiration, the divine breath was the tree of life. This is God's desire, and we need to touch the tree of life, especially in a book like Proverbs, don't we? 
otherwise we're on the other tree, which is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which results in death if you eat it. And a lot of people don't understand that, that there's these two trees in the Garden of Eden in uh, chapter 2 of Genesis, like you referred to, Chris, because those two trees represent two lines that go through all the way through the Bible. And if we're not careful, we could come to the Bible, eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and end up dead. But the whole Bible is a book of life, whether it's Proverbs or the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. If we contact the Lord in our spirit, we can receive it as a book of life. The Proverbs can be gems to us to help us in our Christian life today. Let's look at this verse uh, that Paul gives us, Matt. Again, we're not taking a verse of Proverbs specifically. This is very much we're following Witness Lee's burden as he set up each of these life study messages that present the moral and ethical precepts and words of wisdom that we get in the text of Proverbs. But as he approached it in each one of these messages, he had this burden. So we're following that burden today. And he uh, reminds us of this verse in Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. Paul said, Who has also made us sufficient as ministers of a new covenant, ministers not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So that really puts these two trees, doesn't it, in one verse here. Absolutely. Okay, let's go back to Witness Lee. We come to the uh, study of the Bible. All the good Christians, they study the Bible. But now, here's a problem. When you come to the Bible, you study it. You study it by your old man or by your new man. I come to the Bible, I open it with my eyes, read the black and white, then with my mind, exercise my mind, what does this mean? Who is Abraham? Why Abraham was called Abraham? Why? He became from Abraham to Abraham. What is this? Is, it, is this not your way to study the Bible? You are now studying the Bible by the old man. Regardless you read through or not. You say, now I'm clear. <laughs> I'm clear why Abraham was Abraham. Then Lidam changes his name to Abraham. Now, I'm so clear. I'm so happy. What is this? Is this the old man reading the Bible? Yes. Then you're telling me what the way the new man reads the Bible. Oh, the new man read the Bible. Even before coming to the Bible, he was there exercising his spirit to contact the Lord. Lord, sorry, so much I live in my old man, not exercising my spirit to contact you, to live by my new man. As one of your new creation. Lord, sorry, forgive me, this sin. Then when you approach the Bible, you just have the deep feeling you are approaching God. Then you come to the Bible, when you touch it, you just have the deep sensation you are touching God. I don't mean that the Bible is God, but in your deep sensation, you are coming to contact God. 
Matt, I, I really like this last point. I think it does take a little bit uh, of development, a little fellowship to bring it out. When we come to the Bible, we have this deep sensation, or we should have this deep sensation. What we're coming to really is God himself, the person of God. That doesn't mean that we're equating the two, but within our approach to the Bible, we need to have the sense, don't we, that we are approaching God. That changes how we come to it, how we touch it. Absolutely, Chris. And uh, at the end of Witness Lee's life, someone asked him, he, he couldn't even speak at this point, you know, what was the top thing in his life that he loved? Firstly, wrote down the Lord Jesus, and then eventually, after a few minutes, he crossed it out and he wrote the Bible. And the reason Witness Lee loved the Bible so much is because by coming to the Bible, he could come to the Lord Jesus. How can we come to God without the Bible? Right. But do we have that thought that when we're coming to the Bible, we're coming to God? If not, it can become a dead letter to us, as Second Corinthians 3, 6 said. Matt, you mentioned this uh, verse in chapter 6 of Ephesians early on in the program. I can tell you we're looking forward to it. That's the subject, really, of this last portion, so let's get to it. Actually, we'll read two verses. Chapter 6, verses 17 and 18 in Ephesians say, And receive the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which Spirit is the Word of God, by means of all prayer and petition, praying at every time in Spirit, and watching unto this in all perseverance and petition concerning all the saints. A lot of translators have kind of struggled with this verse a little bit. I really like this rendering, Matt, in the recovery version. Let's hear Witness Lee uh, mention this verse, and we'll have some time to come back and fellowship about it as well. Sounds good. Ephesians 6, verses 17 and 18 tells us that we have to receive the helmet of salvation for protection and uh, the sword of the Spirit to fight. Then verse 18 says, by means of all prayer and petition, to receive the sword of the Word of God by reading, by exercising mind, by understanding. No, then by what? By means of all prayer. All kinds of prayer, by means of all prayer and petition, prayer general, petition particular. And it says, what? Praying every time in your spirit. Accompanying with your reading, you have praying. When you pray, the word, you know, the word right away becomes the spirit. So the spirit is the word. How could the word in black and white become the spirit through your pre-reading? When you read, it is the word. When you pray, the word becomes right away the spirit and life. But when you pray, you don't pray in your mind, in your mouth. Pray where? Pray in your spirit. Praying at every time in your spirit. When you read any verse, after reading, right away pray. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Christ makes his home in my heart. When you pray, this is your inhaling, and the word right away becomes the spirit and life. Oh, man, I don't know how many 
studies have been done on the book of Proverbs. I'll bet not one has had incorporated into it what we just heard. This man's burden near the very end of a almost 70-year-long ministry. He was over 90, and most of those years, close to, or right at 70 of those years, were devoted to serving the Lord. Uh, as you said, a lover of the Bible, a lover of every word of the Bible, a student of every word of the Bible, and yet when he touches this book of Proverbs, this is his overwhelming burden that we would be such people that would come to the word, inhale it in such a way. It's really marvelous, isn't it? It is, Chris. And uh, I think many of the Lord's lovers and seekers, this may be new to them in their thought, but in their experience, it's not. They know when they come to the Lord that they contact the Lord through prayer when they're reading the Bible. It's like a prayer book. And Witness Lee uses this term, pray reading. When we come to the Bible, we need to read it with prayer. And that's what the Apostle Paul said. Ephesians six seventeen says, receive the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, by means of all prayer, praying at every time in your spirit. That's Ephesians six seventeen and 18, and it's so clear that we need to pray to receive this Word of God. And, and Living Stream Ministry actually compiled many writings from the early church fathers all the way through church history of many of the Lord's lovers and seekers who use the Bible to pray. And that book is called Lord Thou Saidest. And it was compiled by Living Stream Ministry, and we have it available. And it talks about this very point of the Lord's lovers and seekers receiving the Lord through prayer. Witness Lee was subject to a lot of criticism, I think, for being misunderstood on a lot of points. This was one of them because, uh, you know, we have to be fair and say he probably coined this term, pray reading, pray hyphen reading. But the idea, as you said, or the practice uh, the application was certainly not his invention. And as you said, this book that you recommended, which I'd also add my recommendation to, it affirms this way of approaching God's word. And that is by means, as exactly as Paul said, of all prayer and petition. We got all kinds of prayer represented in that little phrase there. As he said, we have specific prayer and general prayer covered in prayer and petition. But yet all means of prayer need to be applied to and incorporated with and saturated with the Word of God. I was with uh, one of our colleagues here, and he and I were on a trip together, and we were with uh, a good assortment of believers from a lot of different backgrounds. And, of course, you learn a lot about people in that kind of a setting, and one way you learn about them is how they pray. And this brother, who I won't mention, his prayer is just always saturated with the Word, and I just have appreciated that about him over the years, and I watched the reaction of these believers when he was asked to pray, whether it was before a meal or when we were fellowshipping. His prayer was just, like I say, saturated with the Word of God, and it had such an impact on all these dear believers. I heard so many comments about his prayer, and I think this touches something in deeply and spontaneously in the spirit and the hearts of all genuine uh, children of God, doesn't it? It does, Chris, and that's why I mentioned earlier that for the lovers and seekers of the Lord, they know this in their heart. Yeah. There's an echo to this, but they may not have heard the application from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 17 and 18 before, but I would challenge you all to go back and look at your Bible. This is God's prescription for praying and receiving the Word of God. They should be together by receiving the Word of God 
with all prayer. And we shouldn't underemphasize that it becomes the sword of the Spirit when we take it in this way. We all want the sword of the Spirit because from time to time we're all faced with spiritual warfare, spiritual battles. This really puts a sharp edge on the sword of the Spirit, doesn't it? It does, Chris, and I like the example that Witness Lee used to use where he would write the word, word, on the chalkboard, word. Right. And if you add S to the word, you add the Spirit to the word, what do you have? Sword. You have a sword. (laughs) That's what happens when we pray with the Word of God. We have a sword. Matt, give the listeners again the title of that book you recommended. It's Lord Thou Saidest. It's not that big of a book, right. but it's full of rich quotes throughout church history. As you said, Matt, it's a compendium of these kinds of quotes made by many of the servants of the Lord over the centuries. And I think our listeners will recognize many, if not all, or most of these names of these ones. So that's on our recommended reading list today, as well as our printed life study of the book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs. And you can find out about that as well if you'll contact us toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. For Matt Miller, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.